Hello and welcome. We are here live at our Bell Bank Home Team Pento Studio, live in Stillwater, Minnesota, with Michael Stanton from Keller Williams and my wingman, Stieg Sandell. Heyo. Heyo. <laughs> <laughs> from the Bell Bank Mortgage Department. It's like the double mortgage or don't I? Yeah. <laughs> M&M. m and That's right. So, Michael, thanks for coming in today. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for inviting. I appreciate that. <laughs> and thanks for beating us to the office, by the way. Oh. We, we should point out that we had a very strict appointment time. <laughs> and uh, both Brad and I were late, but Michael was here ready and raring to go. Well, to go. thank you. I've learned that. I've learned to show up early because if I don't show up early, then it, it can be troublesome. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be late in the medical world. You can be in the real estate. World. I remember told in an interview years ago when I, before I was in the medical industry, they're like, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. But a doctor is never late until he or she is one hour late. Oh, right. Okay, now, well, now that things make sense now, <laughs> all my uh, medical appointments that I've been at, now I understand. You know, our listeners out there might be asking why we're using the word medical on a real estate podcast. Michael, before he got into real estate about a decade ago, he had another life in the medical device world, and he was one of the top reps around, and that's why all of his clients are affluent that he sends me. <laughs> um, how do you think that experience in your old life you know, working in that environment transitioned so well for you into uh, the real estate world? You know, that's a really good question. Correct. In my old life, I was in medical device sales and I started out pretty entry level and ended up in the high-end cardiac surgery implant arena. And so talking with cardiologists, rarely because I was with a cardiac surgeon, but everything was, you know, data based evidence-based medicine there was no such thing as winging it or <laughs> bsing your way through so i learned real quickly number one to have an appointment before you stopped a surgeon in the hallway because you never knew where they were going and you never knew where they were coming from mm-hmm. and i learned that the hard way as a young salesperson because i did stop a surgeon in the hallway and i was eviscerated mm-hmm. and that was a lesson that i've that i never forgot but If I didn't know the answer to something that they asked me, I simply would say, I don't know. And I will find out the answer and I will get back to you. If you make the mistake of trying to say something that, I mean, you're, it's not a good idea. So I take that basic principle into real estate because I don't know everything. And if somebody asks me a question, I will say, you know, I don't know. Let's find out. And we now today you can call people, put them on speaker and have the conversation right away. But in the corporate world, Everybody has their lane. So I use that in my real estate where I'm the realtor. I'm the expert in helping my clients sell their property or find a new property. I'm not the expert in title. And I tell them that this is a title question. I am not the expert in mortgages. And they ask us all the time, you need to call your mortgage person. I'm not going to give you that answer because it could be wrong. So I use those principles all the time in my business. That's why Michael's so reliable and good. You get all those rave reviews on you. Recently, we helped someone that you knew very well and his daughter. Let's say that, his daughter. And how many homes did they try and buy before they finally got that one? Did they, how many offers did they have to put in before they got that property? Do you remember? Well, this market this past spring has been crazy. Yeah. My 
last experience was I think we wrote close to 10 offers and we were close to the $500,000 mark. So it was starting to get a little high. But my job was also to be their fiduciary and to keep them out of a bad situation. And this particular offer didn't appraise. Hmm. So to make a long story short, we were able to get out of this contract because they couldn't get the mortgage because the appraisal didn't come in. The other party was unwilling to cooperate in any way. And we now secured their quote unquote dream home because when they described what they were looking for, the home that they're under contract for is exactly that. Oh, perfect. And I tell people, I said, this might sound crazy. This might sound like I have three heads, but it just will work. When the right house comes and it's yours, it's going to work. And if there's problems everywhere you turn with inspection or appraisal or whatever, there's a reason why those problems are happening. And when it's the right property, we just sail through. And that's what we just did. So, and we close on the 26th of July. Uh, so coming into up. landing gear is coming down. That's what we <laughs> is what I say. <laughs> awesome. What I was referencing is one we did, you and I together. And I was just trying to allude to the fact that, gosh, I think they had a, they must have put in seven or eight offers until they finally. I'm trying to think which one that was. was that the ta- the oh, the townhouse. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. the townhouse. Yes, but yes, yes. I'm just trying to speak to you. How was that change over the last two months? Are people still having to put 10 offers you know, in a place? Or? The market is definitely different right now for buyers than it was even a couple months ago. In my personal experience, I'm not seeing the feeding frenzy, I guess you want to say. It depends on the price point that you're in. If you're under 300000 right. yes. But if you're over that, it seems to be a little bit softer. But it also is vacation time between the 4th of July and the end of July, mm-hmm. dog days. But we're starting to see some price changes on MLS. We don't, I don't like to say the word price reduction, but we just you know readjust the price. And if a property's been on the market 11 days, we're kind of thinking, oh my gosh. It's been 11 days, (laughs) you know, which is really crazy, but there's still not a better time to buy a property. The interest rates are amazing. And that's your deal is the interest rate. Don't think about the price of the property. It's like, because when those things start to drop, then. Yeah. The time value of money and what you end up paying to borrow that money often makes up quite a bit for paying a little bit more for a property. And people, I think most people know that, but sometimes in our position, we need to show people just the mathematics of it. And, you know, sometimes you do end up paying more than what would be considered market value for a house. But really, if it's the right house and if the numbers work, then it all works out and you end up saving in the end. And somebody told me this analogy about, you know, I'm not going to overpay for this property. And I'm like, well, it's the market price. Mm-hmm. And I said, so I was told once by a very smart, wise individual. If <laughs> was it you, Brad? <laughs> was it Brad? Maybe. Different Brad? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But the essence was, if you are bidding against yourself in an auction and raising the price against yourself in an auction, you are paying too much <laughs> for that item. If you are bidding against other people in that auction and you win, you just paid market value. Market value. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, market value is dictated by what two parts. What a person is willing to pay and what the seller is agreeing to sell it for, if they come together, that's market value. And you mentioned, that's a good question. I want to make a, there's a subtle distinction that I'd like to point out there between an agreed upon price or market value versus an appraised 
value. Right. Because people think, well, geez, if this house doesn't appraise for what I'm buying it for, then I'm paying too much. Well, that's not necessarily the case because if you're an appraisal, as we know, is, is used for financing purposes and looks backwards at the history of sales rather than forward at what the market's doing. So mm-hmm. are you having those conversations in this market to people say, yeah, you're the market's moving up and that's why. Yeah, we're absolutely having those conversations. And for a while, the market was moving so fast mm-hmm. and the prices were going up so rapidly that the appraisals were kind of not catching up yet. Yeah. So there was, I don't know if it's still going on right now. I haven't done this in a while, but people were writing in over asking price for the property. People were against my personal wishes as a realtor, not having inspections. Mm -hmm. People were also writing in that they will buy the property no matter what the appraisal is and they'll bring cash Mm -hmm. to close the gap. Not everybody can do that. So in the transaction that we were speaking of just a little bit ago with the person that had written several times, we wrote in a appraisal gap for that property and the listing agent made us double it. So we agreed to double it because it was a very aggressive list price and it was a very aggressive offer. And he, the listing agent, you know, counted us and had us double the appraisal gap, which we did. But the appraisal came in so short It came in so far under that the buyer actually ended up getting the property for about $18,000 less than what we actually offered. Even though they had that double. Because, and that added the $10,000 appraisal gap. Once you added it onto the appraisal, it was still, so that was a benefit to the buyer. That was my responsibility as their fiduciary. But it can happen on the flip side too, because then the seller might not want to reduce to match that appraisal or whatever. And then the person might not get their loan because they're only going to get their loan for what it appraised at. If they don't have the money. Yeah. So I, anyway, it's, it's a moving target. It is. It's a crazy market right now. We're always learning. Speaking of learning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Michael's one that's, uh, he's always, I know as a agent and a mortgage banker and broker, we're all having to do continuing ed, but you mentioned earlier I think when I was talking to you earlier this morning, there was something in your email that said GRI and CRS, and I wasn't sure what those meant. Can you tell our millions of viewers what those mean? <laughs> sure. <laughs> You're millions of... Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> Why do you laugh at that? Because I'm sure there's more than a million. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure there's answer. way more than a million. <laughs> no, you know... In all honesty, coming from corporate America to a highly respected medical device cardiac implant company, it's a rather low bar to get your real estate license in the state of Minnesota, really. Um, 90 hours. Unlike your mortgage license. Yeah. (laughs) And so I I guess I'm a self-proclaimed nerd. I'm education-based. I'm learning-based. I'm professional development, personal development base. And so I went for a certification called GRI. It's the Graduate Realtor Institute. And it was just a bunch of classes that added up to a certain amount of hours over and above. And the education that you learn a lot just on how to price houses and comparing the market and negotiation to help your clients is great. And so I earned that. And then I decided, you know, I wanted to get the CRS, which stands for Certified Residential Specialist. And that one, you have to have a minimum of a certain number of um, transactions, first of all. 
And when you're doing your CEs for your continuing education throughout the year, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to see which ones meet the criteria for the GRI and the CRS. And you learn a lot from going to these classes outside of your brokerage. I think that's where the best education is. So yeah, I just earned my CRS and I'm really happy about that. Less than, I think it's 3% max of the realtors have the CRS in the country. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's a pretty neat group. Whenever Michael calls me, he, he never he never hangs up before asking me some sort of question. He's, all, he's always learning. And sometimes I have to tell him, I got to find that answer and call you back. But it speaks to Michael and his traits as a person and as a real estate agent. He's always trying to better himself to then help out as buyers and sellers. Thank and you. Not just, in real, not just in real estate, but as you all know, when we help some of the mortgage or real estate transaction, there's... A hundred other things, hundred other things that people need advice on, and uh, it definitely pays to have someone that's experienced not only in life but in real estate and always trying to better themselves. So, and actually, I'll I'll interject on that a little Perfect. bit. Okay, right before we press <clears throat> record on the microphone here, yeah. we were just having sort of a casual conversation with Michael and, and talking about you know the business and past transactions. Michael is telling us a pretty good story. Michael's got lots of good stories, <laughs> but he was telling us one. You story. can't make them up. Either. <laughs> no, I got, no, no, reality is stranger than fiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. But on this particular story, it was about uh, very difficult negotiation you had and some stubborn people involved and without getting into the weeds or the details the moral of the story you said was i had to do the right thing and that's 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 what i did and that's what you did yeah did the right thing and it was challenging so i knew it was the right thing yeah (laughs) i didn't want to do it but i knew it was the right thing so i did it and everything is fine closure everybody's happy and the point is that maybe three percent of realtors have their crs but maybe three percent of people would do the right thing when, right. when uh, put in that sort of situation so that's the kind of character that you're getting with with michael well treat others the way you want to be treated is pretty true yeah so i just helped him for sure for sure and yeah michael he can buy and sell in wisconsin right? i can i have my license in minnesota and in wisconsin and it's very very different in wisconsin but in a good way. And I mean, other than you can buy fireworks in Wisconsin. You can buy fireworks in Wisconsin, but the transaction is a little bit different in Wisconsin. The paperwork is completely different. And it's great to be able to have that versatility. You know, living on the Eastern Metro, there's many times before I had my Wisconsin license that people would look in, you know, Stillwater, West Lakeland, Woodbury, Lake Elmo. And then, oh man, there's this house that I really want to see in Hudson. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Let me refer you to this person. <laughs> well, now I don't have to do that. So I can serve, yeah. I, I can service them on both sides of the river. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Before we forget too, Michael has a lovely wife and two children. Yep. Uh, Son and a daughter, but I want to talk about your daughter really fast. Okay. She is a uh, musician. Yes, she is. What would it take to get her on our podcast? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> or at least maybe, maybe do some new intro music. I mean, the yeah. in- I don't know if you heard the intro, Michael. That's Brad playing the saxophone. <laughs> yeah. Are you for real? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Wow. <laughs> I wish. I don't have a That is awesome. It would not, it would probably not be very hard to, yeah. for Nicole to be convinced to play her guitar and sing. That'd be fantastic. Um, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get her at one of our She's a great young singer-songwriter. She's got several, probably half a dozen songs she's written and recorded in the studio. She does great cover. I would say it's more like a jazz, rock, country, blues-ish 
genre. One of her favorite artists is Grace Potter, and that's her wheelhouse. Oh. Okay. You know who Grace Potter is? I do. My wife yeah. is a big Grace Potter. That is her wheelhouse. So, yeah, she'd love it. She is always looking for gigs. So, As you can see, Michael is well-versed in many facets. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, make sure when you set your first appointment, you have two hours, not one hour. <laughs> the stories will be fun. Speaking of stories, I bet you could fill a whole boat cruise with stories. Oh, nice <laughs> transition. Yes, I think I could. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about that? But let's talk about well, it. Well, you know, I have aspired to have an event, a thank you, give back event to my previous clients. And I'm finally in a situation, I'm, I'm finally in a position where I can invest in a VIP thank you, gratitude party. So I am in the process of planning a river dinner cruise on the Jonathan Palford. Can Stegan and I come? Stegan and Brad are coming. <laughs> You're and here first. They are going to be there. <laughs> and we might even have my daughter on board. Ooh, Brad, bring your second. And the yeah. Jonathan Palford is the only true flywheel. That's the red wheel in the back of the boat that actually propels the boat in the upper Mississippi. I worked on that boat when I was in college. Wow. And it's really fun. So it leaves Harriet Island at 6.30 and it comes back at 8.30 and it's wonderful catering and we're just going to have a really great time and just make everybody that helped make my career just know that I'm grateful. So That's awesome. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. August 26th. August 26th will be. Wow. Yeah. That'll be fun. And then what if our millions of listeners want to get a hold of Michael Stan to buy, list, or get some real estate consulting from, they call your cell phone, go If your any of your millions of listeners would be interested <laughs> in contacting me to inquire about how to sell or purchase a new property, I am very easily reached. You can text or call my cell phone, which is, can I give him my number? Yeah, please. Which is 651-206-9748. Or you can email me at michaelstanton at kw.com. I am with Keller Williams Realty out of Minneapolis in the Uptown office. So I'm right in the middle of everything and I can, I've sold properties throughout the state of Minnesota and Western Wisconsin. And I'm very accustomed to text coming in. I mean, I wish we would have had text years ago because <laughs> you can text people and they can answer you when they have time. You don't have to call them and bother them in the right. middle of their day. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm very flexible with other people's schedules. So I'd be happy to Unless connect with anybody. Unless you children. But yeah. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of your children, the best thing you can do is text them in the room, dinner's ready, and they come. <laughs> good point. Oh, good. Try My kids are 25 and 22. It's not like that anymore, but those days were fun. I have to tell you. Oh, good. Yes, good. for sure. Well, what a pleasure. Thank you. Thank for, you. Uh, showing up to the penthouse today. This penthouse what? is sweet. Is it? <laughs> it is a nice place. We're, we're nice a little place. liberal with the term penthouse. But I am know. very <laughs> grateful to be invited. Thank you. It's theater of the mind. So thank you. Yeah, this was fantastic. Really fun, Mike. We'll have you back soon. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.